When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are tuned in to Americana Music Profiles. Thanks for joining us for the second season, brought to you exclusively by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine. Man, it's people like you that, that make it possible for us to get out here and enjoy this life. Thank you for getting in touch with me. I'm so glad you love what we do. Thank you for your help with everything, Greg. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing you've got going there. I'm your host and publisher, Greg Tutwiler. Now let's get to this week's show. Nashville, Tennessee singer Holly Norman loves Elvis, and she's my guest for this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Her new CD, Taking Care of Bluegrass, is a tribute to one of the world's most favorite iconic singers, Elvis Presley. Her first single off the new album, Moody Blue, is a tasteful interpretation of one of Elvis's last hits, and it's already gaining national attention. Well, welcome to the program today, Holly. It's good to talk to you. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. This is really cool. Now, I've got some questions. I want to I want to know more about you, but I, I want our listeners to know that um, you've got this really cool record that you just put out. It's a a bluegrass Elvis uh, tribute. So I, I'm I'm looking forward to talking to you about that. But before we jump in, tell me a little bit about yourself and and about how you got started in music, and um, let our listeners know a little bit about um, about your life in music and where you're from and, and all that kind of good stuff. Okay, well, I'm originally from East Tennessee. Mm -hmm. I live in Nashville now, but I was born and raised in a little town in North Knoxville called Tal. And, um, gosh, I just, I feel like, I always say, I feel like country and bluegrass and traditional music kind of runs through my veins just because it's kind of been a whole uh, generational thing with my family. I guess it kind of started with, my papa, uh, Bill Norman, he played in Roy Acuff's ah, band cool. when Roy Acuff first started out, because um, mm-hmm. Roy Acuff is also from East Tennessee, and if some of the listeners don't know, he's titled with the king of country music. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just a legend in the country music world, and when um, my grandfather was a teenager, they met and became friends, and my papa was a fiddler as well, as was Roy, and he joined his first band, uh, the Tennessee Mountain Boys, and I think they later became the Smoky Mountain Boys, mm-hmm. but um, they had a, a long relationship, I mean, they, they stayed friends uh, till the end of my papa's life, he, he died in his 80s, and they were still friends mm-hmm. up until that day, but That's cool. they traveled around East Tennessee quite a bit, and then Roy obviously wanted to move to Nashville mm-hmm. and my papa was like, Oh no, this this music thing's never gonna work out. <laughs> I'm just gonna stay here And so of course Roy went on to become, you know, the the master of the Grand Ole Opry mm-hmm. and he did that for years up until his death and but like I say, Papa and he stayed close friends and visited throughout the years. So I really feel like I'm kind of continuing on um, the dream that he never got. Hmm, like, Papa cool. had a family and children to support, and he 
had to stay back in East Tennessee, but, you know, it was a dream of his to always play music, mm-hmm. and he did throughout his life, you know, in the East Tennessee area, but he never got that chance to move to Nashville, so I feel like I'm carrying on his legacy. So mm-hmm. it, it just kind of runs through my family. Mm-hmm. Um, all cool. of my cousins and aunts and uncles are very musical. They all sing and most play instruments, and so when I was a little older, um, Around high school, I just kind of decided that music was for me, and that's what I wanted to pursue. So uh, one of my uncles kind of took me under his wing, and he had a local band, and so we would just travel around East Tennessee and Kentucky and different parts Mm -hmm. of the South and and play. And um, then I went on to the University of Tennessee at Knoxville, And I kind of put music on the back burner a little bit just because I was focused on my degree. And, mm-hmm. and I was also a uh, feature twirler with the Pride of the Southland Band. Oh, cool. So that that took up quite a bit of time for those years. But as soon as I knew I was going to graduate, I decided to say, all right, I'm going full force into music. I'm going to try this out. And I lived about... 45 minutes away from the Pigeon Forge area, mm-hmm. where Dollywood and, and Country Denial, and a lot of different theaters. It's kind of almost like a mini Branson, mm-hmm. or at, it at least it was back then. Now it, it's really grown. It's like probably stiff competition for Branson now. It's mm-hmm. just, every time I go back, it's, it's huge. So as soon as I graduated, I um, decided to pursue music full-time, so I auditioned at Hollywood while I was still in school and landed a job there and was there for several years Hmm. and loved it, and it's really a testament. I always say if if you're trying to get in the music business, go um, do a theme park or a dinner show or or some kind of show because you're literally doing the the same show three or four times a day, every day all year round, and it really kind of tests you, like, is this what I really want to do? So, mm-hmm. But I fell in love with it, mm-hmm. and had a great time there in East Tennessee, but there wasn't really room um, for anything other than singing cover songs and others pe- other people's music, and my first and foremost passion is songwriting, so I really wanted to pursue songwriting and sing my own songs and mm-hmm. my own music and do a, my own takes on everything. So I decided a few years ago to move to Nashville, mm-hmm. and that's where I'm at now. And are you obviously a singer? Do you what? Do you have an instrument of choice that you that you play as well? Well, I play a little bit of acoustic guitar. I am not great by any means, mm-hmm. especially <laughs> in the bluegrass world. I mean, they are all like masters. <laughs> but I play enough to songwrite okay. and. And I can usually get my point across with my songs, mm-hmm. and then I have someone that's much, much better than me kind of help chart it out for sure. me. Sure, <laughs> yeah, okay. So so there in Nashville, are you pursuing music full-time, or do you have some things that you do in between? Well, like every other artist, I guess, that moves to Nashville, I um, have taken several jobs here and there. Mm-hmm. Music, yes, is definitely my full focus and sure. career. And I always try to do as many songwriter nights as I can or, or shows or, or travel mm-hmm. uh, when I can. But obviously, you always kind of have to have the job that pays the bills. And I've been very fortunate. When I when I first moved up here, luckily, this is um, I had a relationship with some people kind of in the Dolly Parton world from my years at Dollywood. And 
uh, another entertainer friend of mine that we worked at Dollywood for years, he became Dolly's creative director, and he moved up hmm. to Nashville around the same time as I did, and we were talking, and he was like, hey, do you need a job? And I'm like, of course. <laughs> and so for quite a few years when I first moved here, I worked for Dolly Parton Productions, and I worked for her creative director, his name is Steve Summers, and he kind of handles her wardrobe mm-hmm. and her video shoots and photo shoots and anything kind of creative that she uh, does. So I was part of a team that mainly focused on her wardrobe and styling and things. So I bedazzled all of her costumes oh, cool. for several mm-hmm. years. And so this is the, the new album is Taking Care of Business, which is uh-huh. We mentioned earlier a, a, a tribute to um, uh, to Elvis. Um, uh-huh. how, how did you how did you pick the songs for that? Oh gosh, um, it was really daunting. I mean, it was a big task when when we first decided to do the album. Um, we we wanted to make sure and not do anything a little too expected or too cliche. Like, I didn't want to just pick out his top ten songs or all of his number ones. And mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I didn't want to do, like, I especially didn't want to do, like, Blue in Kentucky because I felt like that was what was expected. Like, as soon as you read Bluegrass and Elvis in the same title, they, I'm assuming everybody's going to look through the song list and go, oh, she did Blue in Kentucky. Right, okay. I'm like, no. And, I mean, he has such a vast catalog. I mean, it's so... Tremendous, and we went into it looking at. I wanted to do, of course, a few of the the most well known and popular. Like, of course, I wanted to do Suspicious Minds, mm-hmm. and we did Moody Blue and, and things like that. But then I also wanted to really pick out some obscure Elvis songs. He's got a lot of songs that weren't necessarily uh, top of the charts, or that a lot of people that think they know Elvis and his music may not know. I mean, you have hmm. to be a really, really devout Elvis fans, and we, we pulled out songs like, uh, there's a beautiful ballad called Separate Ways, mm-hmm. that's not very well known, but it's just gorgeous, mm-hmm. and we also wanted to pick out ones that would kind of be a challenge, so we picked out, I remember when I came to my production, I said, I really want to do In the Ghetto, because that's one of my favorite mm-hmm. Elvis songs, and he kind of, they all got the kind of like, tilted head look, and you know, he's like, oh, I don't know if that's going to translate well. <laughs> and I was like, it's going to. We're going to make it. It's going to be amazing. And sure enough, you know, it turned out to be one of my favorites on the album. Mm-hmm. It's really an interesting mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. direction we took it. And it, we kind of doubled up on the chorus and we changed the tempo. And so it was really, really great. And then, of course, I wanted to do a couple of Elvis Bluegrass songs. And he... Uh, had recorded Little Cabin Home on the Hill, which is an old film and road tune. And, you know, not a lot of people knew that. But mm. he had recorded such bluegrass standards like that. So we just really wanted to make sure that we hit the popular songs, some obscure songs, some challenging songs, and just a little bit for everybody. Why Elvis? What what inspired you to, to pick him as an artist to cover? Um, well... Like I say, I, I'm a super fan. I mean, I, I love Elvis, and, and, you know, it's like I always say, I can't, there's probably not a musician or artist or songwriter out there that's not in some way being influenced by Elvis. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just so massive and iconic 
But um, and he runs through my family. Like my entire family just adores mm-hmm. him and all of his music. And mm-hmm. and my sister and I always go to like Elvis Week in Memphis, and that's kind of okay. how the whole thing came about. We were we were at Elvis Week, which is every August. That's where the fans gather at sure. Graceland and they mm-hmm. celebrate his life and music. And we were there a couple of years ago, just standing at the gates of Graceland and tossing around ideas. I just finished my debut album which was called Appalachian Angel and we were thinking about a project to do next and we just started laughing and listening to all this great Elvis music and all the buzz and stuff and we were just kind of kicking around ideas and I was like wouldn't it be neat to kind of bluegrass up some of Elvis's songs you know I don't know that that's really been done a lot Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. probably not by a woman and I thought that'd just be really unique different kind kind of take on it and you know we just started Delving deeper and like we're like throwing out all these ideas at the gates of Graceland while we're standing in line to uh, do the candlelight vigil. And then I was like, "Oh, it'd be so great if we could call it Taking Care of Bluegrass because Ellis is his motto throughout his life. He always had Taking Care of Business. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, that was his band. So they were the TCB band, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he that's just what he lived by. And so I was like, "How cute would it be to call it Taking Care of Bluegrass? Yeah, that's and cool. I'll just make it the PCB band 2.0. <laughs> That's cool. So, and, and how long has it been out? It just released um, October the 14th. So, okay. it, so it's just, only been out yeah. not even a month yet. And will you be touring with it? That's the idea. I'm getting the um, TCB band together as we speak, mm-hmm. and I'm really, really excited because not only am I wanting to tour, of course, with, like, Bluegrass Festivals and Americana Festivals, but there's a whole Elvis world out there that yeah. that not a lot of people are aware of, but, I mean, there are Elvis Festivals all over the world, the U.S., Europe, I mean, you name it, it's, it's worldwide, and I just think it'd be really fun to kind of take the band and, mm-hmm. you know, not only do bluegrass and americana festivals but these elvis festivals i just think that'd be so much fun yeah. and i think the fans would just love hearing you know they love elvis's music and they love hearing it but i think this is a fresh new take on it and and i'm hoping by going to the different festivals that like bluegrass or americana they may hear a song and go wow i didn't know elvis sang that or oh i'm, I'm gonna check out his version so that was really my whole mm-hmm. goal with the album was to tour, especially to go over to Europe because Elvis is just so beloved in Europe mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. in all parts. And, and it's been really, really fantastic, the response that I've gotten from the album um, overseas. It's just been amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had people calling from Belize and France and Germany and Scotland, and it's just so neat to get my music out there to all those different parts yeah. you know, of the world so yeah. it's it, it, so i'm excited i'm really excited to kind of start on this venture to tour not only the u.s but in europe mm-hmm. yeah that sounds neat when when you do yeah. a um when you do a show will, will you add some material to the to the set list since it's going to be more or less all elvis do you have some other tunes that you didn't record that you also performed that are his yeah, I mean, we, like I say, we narrowed it down. We started out with just this kind of songs, and we kept whittling away until we got to 12 that we wanted, and mm-hmm. then the 13th one out was a song that I wrote mm-hmm. for Elvis. It's like a, a tribute song called Long Live the King, 
And um, but there's just so many great Elvis songs, and, and a few of them we were, like, really sad to pass up. But I thought, well, you know, I can I can throw a couple of those into the mm-hmm. set list and, okay. and get audience reaction. And, and maybe those, hopefully, I'm hoping that there there will be Taking Care of Bluegrass Volume 2 okay. and 3 and, and, and on out. Yeah, so, all right. So this isn't, hopefully, this isn't a one-off project. You've got some other thoughts for something something else down the road in the same vein. Absolutely, it's it's just it's a great thing um, because yeah, Elvis. I, I mean, I probably could record Elvis songs for the next thirty years and and never have to repeat. I mean, there's just so many, hmm. and they're all great. And and I think the bluegrass thing is a really neat thing. So I look forward to hopefully establishing like uh, a connection with the fans because mm-hmm. but the album is dedicated you know to the fans like when when i when you always set out with an album you set out goals for it and mine for this was to not only keep elvis and his legacy alive but to also hopefully bring his music and career and legacy to a whole new generation mm-hmm. for a whole new audience mm-hmm. maybe someone that only listens to punk rock mm-hmm. may, may hear this and go oh that's kind of neat you know or oh, I didn't know he sang that or even you know a devout Elvis fan thinking oh I've, I've never heard Elvis sing that let me do yeah. and let me YouTube that and, and see his version so I'm I'm really hoping that it will cross over and, and I can attain all those goals that, that I want for the album and then it's just a great um, thing I, I've done the songs before we ever did the album, I had incorporated a couple of Elvis songs into my show that, that I did at Bluegrass Festivals and things, so it was mainly all my originals, but then I would throw in, like, mm-hmm. Rider, I would do, like, a, a, a tempo of that, or I would throw in Viva Las Vegas, mm-hmm. and people just loved it. Like, you can just see out in the audience mm-hmm. that at first they kind of are giving you the look like, oh, I feel like I know this song, and <laughs> then they hear it, and they're like, oh my gosh, this that's C.C. Ryder. Okay, wow, this is a cool version. So yeah. I kind of knew I was on to something when we were when we were doing that. And I just feel like I've got the best of both worlds. I mean, I can do Elvis's music, which I love at these festivals, but then I can go to other festivals and, and do a few Elvis tunes, but also incorporate some mm-hmm. of my originals mm-hmm. and uh, things like that. Will you uh, incorporate some of the wardrobe also? <laughs> well... There's a fine line. Well, I'm, I'm thinking about it. Like when we did the photo shoot for the album, you know, Elvis was very flamboyant mm-hmm. and extravagant and mm-hmm. definitely has his own style. And, and there's a fine line between I wanted to make sure that I was taken seriously and right. not seen as being cheesy or as a parody. So when we did the photo shoot, I um, called some friends of mine back in Pigeon Forest. There's an Elvis museum and said, can I take some pictures with, with some of Elvis's memorabilia? And they're like, of course. So the uh, picture on the cover of the album is me standing uh, in front of one of Elvis's Cadillacs from mm. the 70s. So mm-hmm. that's like one of his cars. And then I'm in like an all-black leather outfit, which was just my little nod mm-hmm. to like the 68 comeback special. You know, right, he's got that right. iconic black leather outfit. And I didn't want to be like, oh, I'm going to go out and get an exact replica, but... I wanted to make sure and, and give a little wink to him and a little nod. So mm-hmm. I've kind of got my black leather outfit, and then I've got, um, I'm, I'm thinking about maybe 
kind of doing a nod to his jumpsuit era and, and maybe not having an exact replica of one of his jumpsuits, but just something that you kind of look at and go, okay, I see what she's doing. Mm-hmm. She's giving, you know, paying a little homage to him. Yeah, that's cool. So how how yeah. can how can people uh, listen to the music, uh, buy a copy of it? How can they find you, communicate with you? What's the best way for people to get in touch? Well, I am all over social media, and whether or not they buy the album, I always love to interact with people on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, you can buy it pretty much anywhere there's uh, digital music sold. It's definitely on iTunes. It's on Amazon, CD Baby, and all those digital outlets, but, uh, you know, a lot of people like to have the hard copies, such sure. as myself. I love a, a physical CD, so you can also get a hard copy at any of those retailers, but you can go to my website, which is uh, hollynorman.com, and it's for sale there. It's also for sale on my Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash Music. and if the fans, you know, would like to kind of take a deeper look into the making of the album mm-hmm. and kind of the thought process behind each of the tracks. I have a YouTube channel under Holly Norman Music, and cool. we did a whole video series on. It's called the making of okay. Care of Bluegrass, awesome. and it's some behind the scenes footage because I had some really great special guests along mm-hmm. the way. Like the band was just my dream team. I mean, they were just top notch musicians. I um, met with Cody Kilby, who's known for uh, he's the guitarist for Ricky Staggs band at Kentucky Thunder, mm-hmm. and he and I struck up a friendship, and he was just so instrumental in helping me with the arrangements and and some song selection, but everybody on the uh, musician side is just, they're all amazing, mm-hmm. and then we had special guests, we had James Burton, which was Elvis's guitar player, mm-hmm. he came on and played on Kentucky Rain for me, cool. and that was a dream come true. I mean, I definitely videoed that. There's a video about James and I in the studio on the YouTube channel because, I mean, I was like, I can die happy now. I've, <laughs> I have been in the studio with Elvis' guitar. Yeah, and, that's and, cool. You know, it's fantastic. It was like a definitely a goosebumps and, and cold chill day. And then I also had the privilege of Terry Blackwood and the Imperial who were Elvis' background group uh, through the 70s and mm-hmm. Vegas years. They came on and sung background vocals for three of the songs. Hmm. So I was just super honored to have all these people that actually worked with Elvis and knew him on a personal level to, to bring their insight and their just kind of magic yeah, to the, to the cool. album and the whole process. So all of that is on my YouTube channel. Um, you can see the behind the scenes, and, and we talk about, we do a track-by-track track video series where you can just kind of here we talking about why we picked it, what mm-hmm. we did differently with it, Good. and, and okay. just different things like that. So you can buy this thing pretty much everywhere online. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so the album is uh, Taking Care of Bluegrass, and uh, thanks, Holly. It's just been really cool getting to getting to know you a little bit and, and, and learn about this new yeah. CD. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm just really thrilled. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 